This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Hellbenders. The tagline went to hell. A little known fact about Brett. The third Tuesday every month is Tutu Tuesday at his house. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And in case you couldn't tell, we don't have Brett today, and I'm Troy. Yeah, no Brett. Something, something, yeah. something. I don't know. He's a loser. I, I think all the all the patrons wanted his omelets too much. Yeah, and made him made him stay and make more. His omelets bring all the hotel visitors to the kitchen yard. <laughs> that wasn't very good. No, that's fine. But was good was Hellbenders though. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a, I I suggested this movie, so I obviously had seen it before and thoroughly enjoyed it. So it's definitely hits it's on all the uh, the Slaughterhouse Princess cylinders. I feel like. Yeah, it's what we're into. It's not particularly well known. Nope. And it's not your everyday movie about exorcists. No, no. They have a lot of good characters in this film, and. Uh, and a uh, nice little twist on exorcism as well. So plus, and it's funny, which is good too. We start off this tale with a uh, well, bunch of guys in a weird, poorly lit room. It's all trash looking. Their face bleeding and such. Yelling a little bit, and then, yeah, that's that's really the the intro scene. We just. See a couple of these so-called preacher guys doing what yeah, appears to be an exorcism of some sort. Yeah, basically they were told you have to have action by the second page, so they time jumped part of the movie into the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yep, and then they decided that that was that wasn't a good plan, so they just started at the beginning. Yeah, I like that they do like some fun interviews at the beginning where the one guy is like. Yeah, you can ask me anything you want. Exorcists, exorcisms. Oh, wait, what? Oh, exorcisms. No. Tell us about exorcisms. Oh, well, okay, sure. That's not really a thing. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and the other lady's like, exorcism's totally a thing. <laughs> Conflicting reports on exorcisms already. Yes. Let me start up with the movie proper, where we get to meet everybody. And these guys are, oh, I forget already. They're the Hellbound Saints. They they have like they, the introduction's kind of cool because they do it like a Last Supper kind of feel. So they have one dude sitting in the middle who is uh, Clancy Brown, who I'm gonna just call Brother Justin through the rest of this movie because I love Carnival, and uh, and then you have uh, George Lucas, mm-hmm. who. Uh, who was Kathy? And then they had Gus Fring and the Lady Priest, who's pretty much called the Lady Priest through most of the movie by anyone who doesn't know her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else do you have? Oh, we have, uh, well, Macon. I don't have a nickname for him yet. And then, uh, yeah. And then we also have the main protagonist guy, finally, who's. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a nickname for him either, but he's a kind of hard-boiled 
Episcopalian, former Episcopalian priest kind of guy. Yep, and all these guys, they come from different religious backgrounds, but they've all come together to basically live in as much sin as possible. So at any point in time, they can suck a demon into themselves and kill themselves to send both of them right to hell, you know, in case the exorcism isn't working out the way they'd wanted. Yeah, which is kind of cool. You know, they have to keep their souls damnation ready. And so they have a bunch of holy people living (laughs) as blasphemous lives as they can. Yep, there's a lot of swearing and drinking. And drugs. Implied homosexuality. Yeah. It's good stuff. They even have a giant ledger to keep all this stuff down to make sure that any moment they know who's ready and who's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some good stuff. They get a call on the Pope phone. <laughs> the, yeah, the Pope phone. It's like the bat phone, but for the Pope. Yes. And this is how they get their uh, missions to go exercise people. So old, and this uh, one's for a rabbi who was a librarian. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Brother Justin's like, who's coming with me? And, of course, main protagonist guy is like, I'm coming. I'm five for seven. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah, because you have to be five out of the seven deadly sins and, what, six out of the ten commandments broken at all yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty great. Yeah, and so, but the best part is when they show up at the library, uh, Brother Justin's not so sure about the other guy, so he's like, are you damnation ready? He's like, yeah, you got you got some Eucharist on you? So you know, Brother Justin hands over the the ho- you know the host to the guy, and he takes it, throws it on the ground, he's like, fuck you, cracker. Yeah. <laughs> Which great. I think is probably the singular best line in this movie, but it was so good. <laughs> Be- being raised Catholic, it had a nice resonance for me. <laughs> So they head in after the librarian rabbi, and man, this movie, uh, when it goes for it, it goes for it. There's uh, oh, yeah. ears laying oh. around. and Yeah, and they had a great shot, which I didn't catch the first time I watched it, but the second time I saw it, where the main protagonist priest is is standing there, and you see the the rabbi stand up behind him and then levitate up and fly at him from from the darkness, which was a pretty cool shot and probably it cost more than it should have, but it was totally, totally appreciated, at least by me. <laughs> yeah. And after that little trick, they end up uh, fighting with the now-possessed rabbi mans. He ends up uh, spitting a bunch of gross blood junk in um, Brother Justin's Brother- face. Yeah. Ends up fighting with a priestagonist. Yeah, we don't have a name for. The, um, and starts, bites off some of his toes. Yeah, because I don't know reasons, I guess. <laughs> they uh, don't have enough holy water for this mess. So, uh, Brother Justin blesses the uh, sprinkler system. Yeah, well, well, the rabbi's gnawing on the other guy's toes. <laughs> they set it off, managed to exercise the demon without having to go to their nuclear option. Yep. And uh turns out that the rabbi guy had inadvertently summoned up this demon. 
Because he was trying to do something I wasn't clear on. Well, he was trying to summon up a different demon, a more powerful one, who was supposed to crack open the gates of hell. And uh, Brother Justin learns through further research later that it was the pre- the rabbi was about 30 years too late. And so they got some other dude instead, some other demon instead. Yeah, just some other one. And these demons are interesting because they're not just uh, strictly from the like Catholic religion. No, like the the one that they was trying to summon was Cert from the uh, the uh, Nordic religion. The one that's supposed to bring about Ragnarok. Yeah, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. You don't see that a lot in your typical yeah. exorcism movie. Yeah, because yeah, they're all every now and then they'll be like, in the name of God, and Cert will be like. I'm a god, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. What, my name? I don't think you get how this works. <laughs> it was, that's pretty cool. So the, we all head back to base now, and everybody's, you know, chilling, smoking bongs, being dickholes, hitting one another. Yep. Wrath. <laughs> and then jerk-ass Clint shows up. Oh, yes. Who's who's basically the redheaded guy from Ghostbusters from the EPA? <laughs> yeah, pretty much exactly that guy. <laughs> I don't understand what you guys are doing here, so I'm just going to shut you down. <laughs> and he was sent by the bishop, bishop or whatever. Yeah, the bishop, and the I do love that he gets served coffee at one point, and then he's given some cream. And then, like, three minutes later into the movie, they're going through the Sin Ledger, and they see a picture of, uh, of Brother Justin uh, doing his business into the cream. Yeah. <laughs> After getting a blowjob from a guy dressed up as a Boy Scout. <laughs> Gotta be ready. I mean. Yeah. It was so, and, the, and George Lucas is stealing candy, literally stealing candy from a baby. Yeah. In one of the pictures. Uh Look, George Lucas is well. He's looking at um, seduction websites while punching bricks. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and and I noticed over the um, over Clint's shoulder in that scene above the fridge, there's a case for Butternuts beer. (laughs) I was like, that's the weirdest name for a brewery. I don't know if it actually exists, but Butternuts beer. That's something I could sign off on. Yeah, <laughs> but dumb Clint's here to shut him down. He says yeah. that they're too expensive, and since all that exorcism shit's not real anyway, because apparently there's no hell now. I well, because Jesus Jesus died and destroyed hell, so I didn't know no that was a up. thing. Yeah, I don't remember that so much either. But hey, whatever. I assume this guy knows more about it. He had a suit on, so yeah. <laughs> And understandably, the hellbound uh, exorcist guys—they're like, um, well, fuck a bunch of that shit. Yeah, <laughs> brother, and I literally said something to that effect. Yeah, I'm sure at some point, brother Justin called him a cocksucker because he—I think he thought he was on the the, the set of Deadwood through most of this movie because <laughs> it's just cocksucker this, cocksucker that. And as uh, as Clint's there, kind of checking out the place, they get a call in on the Pope phone. And there's another exorcism that needs to take place. So then, Lady Priest and the the one guy, the curly uh, hair guy, priest. gay priest, gay priest, yeah, they they get called off to go deal with that to exorcise this here demon. 
who's inside a mongoloid man-child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know at one point, so they're sitting there interviewing the, the two people who know about this, the possession, and they're like, and they, one of them refers to the, the, the guy as the mongoloid, and Gay Priest is like, do you mean Northern Asian, or are you being <laughs> racist, mm-hmm. basically? Yeah, it turns out it was more of the second one. Well, a little it bit of both. Of, kind of both. He looked like a, a Northern Asian who had Downs. Yeah. Really. <laughs> it turns out that this uh, this guy has been possessed for 30 years, locked in the boiler room of an apartment complex. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> and he has some kind of weird uh, collar covered in runes that's keeping him in check. Kind yeah. of. Yeah, more or less. So the uh, lady priest and gay priest go to exercise the guy. Lady priest isn't exactly up for this challenge, it appears. Yeah, so apparently he the uh, the demon side of the the mongoloid man child uh, says that she uh, she doesn't believe and basically kind of spars verbally with her through a lot of it. And there's a pretty a pretty rough scene where he gets a hold of the gay priest and rubs his face into the wall for a while. Yeah, like like grates his face against the wall. Oh, that was so good. That was pretty I was, hardcore. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a good shot. And then gay priest beats the guy like a fucking pinata with his holy baseball bat for a while. Yeah, it breaks its leg, breaks his leg. The whole That whole yeah. part was pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, the baseball bat literally has a cross like carved and filigreed into it, so that was pretty cool. And the, and um, at one point, the uh, the demon tells Lady Priest that you know that his horse is broken, but she'd make a good horse. Yeah, just <laughs> like oh, that's so uh, that's so wrong. And eventually, of course, names himself as Cert. You know, the demon who was supposed to have arrived thirty years ago. It totally did. Yeah. So they make uh, the priest make the brilliant decision to remove this guy's uh, rune collar. Well, I think the the logic behind that was, well, we can't send him back to hell if he's trapped inside with this collar. So we have to take the collar off in order to open up the pathway to hell to exercise him. Is at least that's what my fan wink for that is <laughs> reasonable enough. So turns out that's all Cert really needed was the chance to you know not have that collar on anymore, and then he possesses the lady priest. No, he, he, he possesses gay, gay priest. priest. Yeah. And then the from the gay priest, he jumps into the old lady. Yep. And then he jumps back into the lady priest. Yes. Out on the street. Right. And then runs off. Not before. After, whis- yeah, after whispering something to the old lady and apparently converting her to the Church of Cert. And then grabs Gay Priest and throws him off of an overpass into a car. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Who then spends the rest of the movie in a full body cast. <laughs> yeah. So now we're back at a Hell, Hellbender HQ, where Brother Justin's not real happy about how all this shit's played out. He deems Lady Priest a lost cause. She's now to be sacrificed to get rid of the demon. Yep. And demands that they go get gay priests out of the hospital because they are brothels for Satan. Yes, yes. Hospitals are Satan's brothel. <laughs> I said, I, whatever Clancy Brown comes out of his mouth is pretty much gold in this movie because it's all 
just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Quit, it, it quit is. flapping your cocksucker. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Or my personal favorite. You better get that sweet ass ears out of my dick range. <laughs> yeah. Where he tries to basically like browbeat the other saints into committing sins, or he's going to sodomize them himself to to keep things on the down and down, I guess. <laughs> so as all this is taking place, stupid Clint shows back up. It's yeah, stupid Clint, but he's brought some muscle. Yeah, like he's got a uh, a priest and two guys that are dressed like Mormons, but. Built like bouncers. <laughs> yeah, and they're here to kick everybody out. They're getting shut down. Midnight tonight. That's it. You guys are done. Yep. This doesn't go well, obviously. Then they get in a big fight. People are getting threatened to get stabbed, hit in the face. You know, your usual fight kind of stuff. Yeah. And Brother Justin informs these jerkwads with Clint that, like, hey, look, like, we don't answer to people. This is this is God we answer to, and you're not him, so you can eat the fattest part of my dick. We're still doing the thing. <laughs> In fact, would you? So to help me be damnation ready. <laughs> a, a call comes in, though, on the old priest phone, the Pope line. Yep. And uh, Clint and his boys take the call. They won't say what's going on, and they take off. So now the Hellbound guys, they're all trying to figure out, you know, okay, we got to find the demon. Where's the demon? And the demon is in Grand Great, Great Kills someplace in New York. Yeah, Great Kills, and they're like, well, what's the place closest to hell? Or what's the most hell-like place in uh, in New York? And I was like, Hell's Kitchen? That's and what like, I thought. No. They're like no Long Island, <laughs> which apparently so apparently that was a dig at Long Island. I don't know my New York city that well, so, so but they, it kills Long Island. I guess that's a place I couldn't tell you. All I know from about New York, I learned from the Jason movie where he took Manhattan. Uh, see, Ghostbusters is pretty much my uh, my <laughs> definitive New York movie. So now our four remaining hellbenders all suit up to go check out this here uh, situation. Yeah. So we got we got Gus Fring, we got protagonist Priest, we got Brother Justin, and, and we, George Lucas, and George Lucas, and they're all heading off to go face down the army Sir. at this point of search. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they had they had this whole thing where uh, people are disappearing and. Cert was kind of converting them to its religion, and they had this other shadowy interview guy who was kind of giving them information throughout these little cutscenes, and uh, and he actually makes an appearance in the credits of the movie. Like there's a there's an after credit scene with him, which I don't know if I did not catch the first time I watched it. I don't know if you saw it, Chris, but no, I didn't. We'll to, I didn't. We'll get to that at the end. Oh, I missed a piece. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. We'll get there. (laughs) So they all head off to the bonfire park. Yeah, (laughs) the vortex. Which, in case you wonder what a vortex to hell looks like, it looks like a flaming vagina with teeth. 
Yes, <laughs> that's the direct quote. I had written that one down. I love that one. <laughs> so if you ever see that, you, that's what you're dealing with. Yep. <laughs> and we're treated to a pretty fun little scene here where all the hellbound priests are fighting. Yeah, basically they're fighting zombie people. And there's whacking them with bats and shanking them and hitting them with a briefcase for some reason. Yeah, well, well yeah, because Gus Fring's got the briefcase because he's so uptight that that's his only weapon. <laughs> Somehow or another, somebody gets a shovel. I'm not really sure where that came from. Yeah, yeah, George Lucas ends up with a shovel and is beating people and cutting their heads off with it and stuff. It's good. It's all good. So they've, uh, they finally fight their way to Lady Priest, who's still got, you know, Super Demon Ragnarok Man in there. Yeah, although she's now in caveman clothes for some reason. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but whatever. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. And they got a they got a game plan here, and the game plan is to get the collar back onto her, right? And then kill her. Yes. And that should send everybody to hell, and then the day would be saved. Correct. But unfortunately, protagonist priest has got one of them uh, boners for her. Yes. That did not involve farts this time. No, that's just me. <laughs> and also. Uh, Clint and Clint's priest are trying to exercise Cert and failing miserably at it. Yeah, it doesn't go well. Clint ends up getting possessed, his, kind of, for a second. Like, yeah, he gets his nose bitten off and possessed for a bit, a minute or two. And he uh, bites out the eyeballs of the good guy priest, which was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah that was kind of cool. Or it kind of sucks him out, really. Yeah, you don't really bite eyes out, I guess. <laughs> So now we're down to just Brother Justin and Protagonist Man fighting Lady Priest. Right. They... Well, at one point, Lady Priest passes Cert to Protagonist Priest, and you get kind of a really cool shot or series of images as to what it would look like or feel like for him to be possessed by a demon. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Before it gets passed on to, I think, Brother Justin at that point. Yeah, and Brother Justin, since, you know, this is all he's ever done with his life, manages to keep a hold of his humanity long enough to be like, alright, get the collar on me. I got it. Like, this is what I'm here for. Go ahead. Kill me. Yeah. And, of course, Priestagonist is like, "Ah, ah, ah." that's his answer to everything at first. Pretty much, yeah. But, he sees the sees through, manages to finally shank him in the heart parts. Yep. Which then gets rid of the demon, shuts the portal to hell. Well, after... But the Lady Priest at some point sticks her hand into the portal and her loses a finger in it. Yeah, it bites it off. Yeah. And I I guess hooray, the day was saved? Yeah. We lost we lost brother Justin, but that was a bummer. The, the cert did not break down the walls of hell, so that's probably a good thing. And then they all meet back at headquarters, and old Clint shows back up or doesn't show up. But after the uh, you know whole portal to hell got closed and everything, he's like, "Hey, it turns out that like I get I get it now. You guys provide a valuable service, <laughs> funded in full until the uh, rapture, I believe." Yeah, until the rapture, yes. 
Not that they would get picked up in the rapture because they're hellbound. But. Well, yeah. So everybody heads back and drinks a bunch of whiskey. And then high five touch tips. Yep. And weird table sex and we're done. Well, we're yeah. not done apparently. There's a scene I missed. No, there's a little after credits where they're interviewing the shadowy priest uh, guy who's been given a little bit of information throughout the movie. And he says something about the lady priest's finger actually wedging open the gate to hell a little bit. So they were set up for a sequel if they ever do one. I kind of hope they do, but I I can't imagine it's made enough money that they're going to actually do it. But Yeah, which is kind of a bummer because this was pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I, am to- I, I recommended it for the podcast, but that's because I enjoyed it, not because I wanted to torment uh, Brett and Chris with it. I I love this movie. Uh, I don't know about love. I really enjoy this movie. And I recommend anyone who wants a good horror comedy, especially one with religious bent to it, it's a uh, it's a winner. Watch it. Enjoy it. Pay for it. Maybe we'll get a second one. Yeah, it was a super interesting take on the idea of an exorcist movie. Yeah, the whole idea of like damning yourself so that you can drag a demon back to hell with you is kind of cool. And it's pretty funny, if you're into the idea of it, at least. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of priests being really foul-mouthed and uh, talking about candy-ass sinning and, you know, calling down the other priest so someone other so one priest so the other priest can sodomize them and make sure that they're damnation ready. <laughs> it's totally worth watching, if for nothing else, just to watch Brother Justin. Yeah. Because he's just yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who is who is Clancy Brown? So he's the Kurgan and you know the head guard from Shawshank Redemption, and I mean he's been in tons of stuff, and he's been great in all of it. And he also did a movie in the Wild West with Underground Burrowers. Was that the name of it? Yeah, yeah, he's in that. Yeah, it's he's he's fantastic. He's he's worth the price of admission alone. I like Protagonist Priest a lot too because that guy is kind of sarcastic and acerbic, but I could see how he wouldn't be everybody's cup of tea. I mean, sometimes there's some weird editing stuff that goes on. Some weird flashes of junk here or there, but nothing that detracts from the thing as a whole. Sometimes you're just kind of like, uh, alright, I guess that just happened for a second. Yeah. I say watch it. Watch the hell yeah. out of it. There's some good there's some good kills, some good gags in it. It's It's a good movie. It's definitely a a little bit of a lighter affair than your everyday horror movie is. But when yeah, they go and, and for ho- it. And they, horror they comedy it. is yeah, and horror comedy is hard to do, and these guys got it right. So I'm uh I'm I'm yeah, I'm all for this movie. And stupid Brett didn't get to see it. So fuck yeah, him. <laughs> we always get good ones when he's not around, so I know we had Tokyo Gore Police. We had another one too. I don't remember what we watched the last time. Nah, I don't either. Yeah, his his adult responsibilities he had. Grown ups. <laughs> but next so. time around, we got Tetsuo the Iron Man. Yes, as recommended to us on our Facebook page, which is Slaughterhouse Princess. If you just type that in the search bar on Facebook, you'll find us. Uh, the other places to find us are Slaughterhouse Princess Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's our website where you can actually download episodes 
So you probably have been there or been on iTunes if you're hearing this. Uh, but SlaughterhousePrincess.com would be the webpage. Uh, search for Slaughterhouse Princess on iTunes. Uh, Stitcher, you will find us under Slaughterhouse Princess as well. There is a Twitter that, or I'm sorry, a Twitter that does not actually ever get looked at ever, and no one knows the name to it anymore. So it's probably been deleted at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a very helpful thing, but it's there. <laughs> it's it's like Slaughterhouse Princess with some vowels missing. I don't remember what what yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> that shows you how much I pay attention to it. And um, yeah. we got a Reddit. No, we do a subreddit at r slash shp podcast that we sometimes look at. Sometimes. Yeah. Honestly, the Facebook's the best way to get a hold of us, uh, but the, the Reddit is probably the second best way. Yeah. So so send us more recommendations because we have Tetsuo the Iron Man coming up, and then we have no idea what we're watching next after that. So nope. <laughs> we us, usually don't. Give us some help. We need all the help we can get over here. Yeah, come on. I know somebody's listening to this. I can back it up with numbers. Yeah. Mr. Green, you haven't recommended anything to us in a while. Yeah, where are you at, Mr. Green? Where are you at, Plovdiv? I haven't heard from you in so long. I miss you. Come back, I don't think I've, I've never heard from Plovdiv. The entire time I've been on this podcast, Plovdiv has been silent. Yeah. Wait, maybe I'm actually Plovdiv. Maybe Have we you... been seen in the same room together? I guess that's true. I've never <laughs> seen you and Plovdiv at the same time. <laughs> I'm not, but at least I don't think I am. So but are you maybe... the superhero, or is he the superhero? I, I, like, I think he's the Tyler Durden here. <laughs> oh. I don't know if that's good or bad. No, I feel more like Jack most days, I have to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Is your spirit animal the penguin? No, my spirit animal is Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. 